Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. Today, we are talking to the incredible Fatou Berry, all about building your own PR manifesto. Here during this conversation, Fatou kind of shares with us how to anticipate what your audience wants and to create content around that, some of the biggest PR strategies that content creators need to focus on right now, how PR can actually help content creators scale and grow their audience, what types of PR opportunities content creators should be focusing on every day, and what types of opportunities they can actually land easily. We also talk about the top pitching tips for first-timers and, of course, mindset tips for showing up consistently on social media. Fatou, who runs the PR Manifesto site and Instagram page, does all of this brilliantly, and she's about to share her secrets. So let's get started. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hi, Fatou. It's so good to have you here. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. Of course, of course. So I have been a huge fan of PR Girl Manifesto. I think I came across, I remember the Instagram story because I, or it was a post because I reposted it and it got a ton of feedback, but it was about how to politely say like, no, you can't pick my brain for free. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I want to say that was probably about a year, year and a half ago. And I, what I've loved to see about the community of PR Girl Manifesto is just how it has really grown like wildfire just based off of what has seemed to me authentic and organic um, growth of, of people really connecting to your content and sharing it. And I want to talk a lot about that today, but I would love to hear a little bit. I know that you have told me that, you know, it started, a, you know, several years ago, but it kind of had a lot of stop and starting moments. And it really took you guys a little bit of time to kind of hone in on, you know, what is the message that we want to create? What is the cohesiveness? What, you know, what is it that we want to really build out for our audience? How did you do that? So I think because it's a community, it's always going to be a reflection of um, what the people in our community want and the audience that we're serving. Um, as mentioned, of you know, that as I've shared with you, there was a start and stop because it was always a community, but the idea of it being a resource um, and a resource that's consistent wasn't necessarily something that I had started um, with in mind. But after really seeing just how important it was and how many individuals were reaching out on a, like a daily basis saying, this platform helps me in so many ways because of what you posted, I was able to enter a conversation uh, with the manager, I was able to, you know, to gain the confidence to pitch myself to even to like to apply for a job, like realizing that there was a real need um, within the community had just me thinking uh, before I onboarded the team that we have now, how can we better serve um, serve our community? So for me, it was really looking at the content that people resonated with, but also what individuals were saying about what we were doing. Um, that, you know, they loved the personal content, but they loved the professional as well, that they had a place that they could go to 
for relatable content, but also go to um, to learn. So that was a little bit of the strategy behind where we are now is how do you create a hub? How do you create an ecosystem that speaks to what people are experiencing in real life? Because, you know, we are human before we're any type of professional role, but also how do you give them the information um, that they need that they might not have access to? And, and how did you answer those questions for, for the community to be mm-hmm. able to create it? I think you you asked. So one thing I'm not afraid to do is to ask our followers and anyone that is, you know, engaged in the community, what are you looking for? I think a lot of times people try to guess that for others. Um, and, and that's definitely something that I think you should always, you know, anticipate what the needs of your community are. But simply asking, doing like smaller focus groups, um, putting out surveys on Instagram stories, small things that really helped us to better understand what our audience was looking for. We ask all the time, what are you struggling with professionally? And that's intentional. Um, what do you wish you had more experienced in? What do you feel like, you know, you weren't taught in, in high school or outside of high school and college? So all of those things are very intentional questions. So we definitely surveyed. Um, but, you know, as, as anyone who is also data-driven, you know, you, you have your audience archetypes, you, you anticipate the people that you're serving. So it was a little, a mix of like internal um, strategy as well as mm-hmm. simply just asking our community members. And then once you ask them and you got, you know, that information back, and even at the beginning, it's like, none of us have this massive audience. And so it's like, we may only have this small pool of information to to choose from, but there's still, I think a lot of times people are like, well, I don't have a big enough audience. So, you know, I can anticipate what they want and I can't create content around that because I don't get the feedback, but you know, even if it's just a little bit of feedback, or even if you're guesstimating the feedback, right? In the beginning, how do you then take what it is that that your audience wants or what it is that you may think that they want and mm-hmm. actually create content around that? And what your audience wants essentially are your content pillars. Those are the things that you should be focusing on. So for us, it's very much looking at the data that we've received, the responses that we've received, and, and really sorting through it and realizing, all right, a lot of these needs have to do with how to, you know, to build a network. A lot of these needs are actually like technical skills that people feel like they're not, um, they're, they don't encompass and they don't have access to. So looking at those things and then like breaking it down and having that be the North Star for our content strategy is how we were able to translate those things. Mm. And what are some of those things? I mean, obviously I think PR gives it away, but what else <laughs> is it that you, for those pillars and, and for for that North Star, what are those things for you? Yeah. So for us, what we've come to find is that our audience is very much looking for innovative and new ways um, to to practice PR and to be in the industry because it's ever-changing. Um, and of course, that's a whole other conversation about what, what does it mean to be in PR? What, what is the role of a publicist? But we found that, um, you know, that's something that our audience is really interested in. So we've got innovative PR. We have a lot of digital media um, and digital marketing, how to include that into PR strategy and also just trend forecasting um, and knowing what the next things in the industry are. What, what should we be focused on? What should people be prepared um, to, to, to be skilled in? And what would you say if you could, what are the, what are the biggest 
PR strategies that every content creator should be focusing on right now? I think, I think definitely starting conversations um, that are impactful. I think right now we're also seeing a shift in just how content creators are creating content, what's considered valuable content. So I think specifically for, for content creators, being able to start conversations. And I think that on the you know, front facing and internally, those, those are things that both parties want, whether it's your audience or you know the content that you're creating, the brands that you're working with. I think a lot of people are looking for, for content creators who are able to to, to create conversations, whether it relates to how they interact with brands, um, how they, what their own brand represents in this larger ecosystem. My friends, as creators, we work so hard creating our content. So we don't want to leave it up to things like an algorithm to determine how successful our online brands and businesses can be. And that is why I love Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs like myself build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. And I know they can help you too. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, your passions, your experiences into enriching offers like online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. What I love about Kajabi is that not only does it make it super easy to use, but they don't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. You don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income online. I talk about that all the time here on the podcast. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures without having hundreds of thousands of followers, and you can too. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business Go to kajabi.com slash influencer. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. Now, I want to talk a, a lot about with you, how, how can PR, how does PR help you grow, right? Because that, that's a big question that I get a lot from people that it's like, well, if I focus on this PR stuff, like how is that going to help me with my bottom line goal? How is that going to help me grow my audience? How is that going to help me convert my audience into paying customers? How is that going to help me grow and scale my business? What have you found 
in terms of, you know, thinking of that content creator, so to speak, what are some pillars or things that you have found that PR really can, you know, cause a major shift or difference in their scalability and their growth? Of course. I think the, you know, at the root of PR, we, it's the, it's to be in relation to people. I think it's to, it's to start conversations about whatever it is that you're doing, but specifically on the awareness, right? Public relations, investing in PR helps to increase your awareness um, on a larger scale. And when we're thinking about who we buy from, how we, how we, how we purchase things, what influences our decisions. A lot of that is rooted in public relations, the stories that are being told about brands, the stories that are being told about content creators and why, you know, we should work with them. If I am a content creator who is trying to teach other people how to enter this space, if you teach other people how to excel, you know, my expertise as a thought leader helps my PR goals, whether it's a guest post, whether it's a, you know, Something even as simple as being on a podcast, you know, like being a guest on a podcast or or being included in a roundup. All of those things help to build awareness. The more awareness, the more individuals you have the ability to reach and also the more potential customers you have access to. Um, so I think PR really is, is that sweet spot of you know, I can say that I'm great. I can think that I'm great, but if, and you know, and that, and all those things can be true, but what we, you know, when someone else adds that level of credibility by writing about what I'm doing, by talking about me, by including me in a list of, you know, ex-professionals or ex-content creators, you need to know that all helps my bottom line. And I would love to know, like, like if we can kind of create this fake identity. Let's say that you are, you are someone completely new to the landscape and new to the game, and you've never gotten a PR opportunity. You've never pitched yourself before. Um, you know, your social media isn't quite connecting the way that you wanted it to. When you woke up every day, what would be the top things? And of course it's like, you know, you don't have any time, right? <laughs> like basically like, like telling you who like my, you know, who my ideal customer is, right. Yeah. That she is that person. What type of PR opportunities or focuses should that type of person be focusing on every day? Mm. So this is someone that doesn't have time. Correct. Correct. <laughs> okay. Well, they um, say it's because I, I, I am a firm believer. There's a difference between n not having time and, mm -hmm. and, and not allowing yourself to have more time. Exactly. Um, and I, that's the reason I ask because I think that if, you know, there's someone who just what they're putting, their content isn't translating. Um, I, I strongly, I strongly recommend even writing, right? Even writing a, a guest post, writing a blog post, because those are things that you can do in advance and you can identify what pillars of content you want to talk about or what, you know, what the subject area is. I know people who have skyrocketed in following, who have skyrocketed in influence simply because they are consistently writing. You know, they're not posting every day on their page, but if there's a guest post opportunity, if there is a an opportunity to share expertise, they jump on it. And what that does is then they tap into a whole audience demographic that is, you know, owned by someone else, but they have the ability to translate those people into their audience. 
Oh, that's so good. And and I want to like dive deeper into that because the other thing that I hear from my community is like, okay, I'm a brand new content creator. I want to make sure that I'm focusing on the right thing. So I'm spending my time wisely, mm-hmm. but what, what are the types of PR opportunities new content creators can land easily? Like where should they be focused in a way that that's going to kind of get them that good return on investment? Of course. I mean, I think it differs because it really, it's, I think content creator is such, you know, what type of content creator are you? What industry do you find yourself in? Right. Um, so I know that they're like all those specifics, but I'd say, you know, for someone who is just starting out, um, I, I'd even start at identifying, you know, what what type of content creator do you want to, to be like known as? There are people who excel at video. There are people who excel at just simply like going 100 on Instagram or social every day. And there are even people who have like started to build their um, their platforms and, and their identities online through Pinterest, you know, and that's something that's been new to me. So I really feel like it depends um, what you're trying to achieve. But I think the simplest thing you can do, honestly, is show up every day um, in some capacity for for your brand and for, you know, to, to help elevate I guess you're where you're at or where you want to be in the industry. Even if it's something as I'm going to post one, I'm going to post once a day, every day, I'm going to engage, you know, choosing one small thing that you know that you can consistently do, because as we know, there are many variables that determine how fast someone accelerates as a content creator. Well, and I think that that's the key there, that there are a lot of factors that determine that. And what I see a lot of times, and I don't know if you see this as well, Fatu, but so many people are afraid to make any kind of move or create mm-hmm. any kind of content or do any kind of work because they don't want to mess up. They don't want to do the wrong thing. They don't want to, you mm-hmm. know, spend time on something that's not going to be perfect out of the gate. And I always love to remind people, well, like, did you do anything perfect the first time you did it? Like, I'm sure the first time you ever rode a bike, you didn't like, you know, ride it on down the street without falling a couple of times. I mean, that's how you learn. And I think that the the biggest part of when it comes to growth and creation, especially with, with PR, you know, you have to be, you have to be really comfortable with trying a lot of different things out and in showing up consistently because you learn by taking action. And so I, I think that that's the, that's the biggest thing that I see. I love that. And I completely agree. I think that, you know, a lot of people get caught up in, am I pitching myself the right way? And while there are resources to help, you know, to guide individuals, you can't move if you don't start, you know, we all start somewhere. You could be the the best at pitching who you are, your brand, and you could still hear a no, because at the end of the day, you know, the platform and what you're pitching yourself for might not be in the place to, to say yes. So it's just one of those things. And I love that you say like, you have to start somewhere because you do, because we all know that you're going to hear no. It's just, that's not, it's just a part of the game. So I think that um, starting somewhere, starting small and gradually building up is so important. So I love that you you brought that up. And and I think a lot of that has to do with mindset. And I would love for you to share a little bit about, you know, because you even do this, you have what's called a Sunday checklist on, on your Instagram. I would love to know, where that came about, why you felt it was important to start creating that consistently and how it is intended to help, you know, grow and scale. Mm -hmm. So Sunday check-ins came from, you know, as most things on the the platform come from just 
a reflection of my own life. Um, I think that in PR and many industries, actually, I don't think it's just unique to PR. We are consistently being told to do, to do, to create, to go harder, to do this, to do that. And it, it, we're very rarely being told to just sit down and be still um, and to take time for ourselves. So Sunday Checklist was coming from a place of knowing what my life looked at at the time and also that of my colleagues and realizing that we were burnt out and we were not taking time to ourselves, like a real rest. Um, and, and especially now in this, you know, this new normal or where most of us are at home, it's so easy for the days to get blurred. A Monday feels like a Sunday, a Sunday feels like a Thursday. So specifically now it's really important um, for us to use a piece of content like that to make sure that we're reminding our community, to make sure that we're reminding our audience to be still and to take time for themselves, but also providing them like an actionable list in order to do that. Because I think that when you create content, you want it to inspire some type of action. It, it is always, in, to some degree, a call to action. And for us, we know it's much easier for people to respond to that call to action or to actually implement it if, there are, if there's a guide or there are steps on how to do that. I love that. And I love the importance of just, you know, making that a consistent habit. Um, I do want to talk about pitching for a moment because that is, that is my jam. It's what I teach. It's what I do. And I love it. Um, what have, what would you say for someone that, you know, has never tried to pitch anything? They have the imposter syndrome. They're scared to click send, you know, what would be your top tips or just one tip to sending that first DM, that first email, whatever it may be? I mean, I think, again, this is layered and there's several different um, layers here. At first, just knowing the story, you know, knowing what the pitch is. I, I see that a lot of people want to pitch, but they haven't necessarily honed in on what what the value is in the pitch. And I think that that is the quickest way to, you know, to be disappointed in sending a pitch and either hearing no or hearing nothing back because there has to be some type of benefit and there has to be some type of value to whoever you're pitching pitching to, whether it's a brand, whether it's a journalist, you know, it, is it that you produce like very engaging content is it that what you're doing has a specific, um, you know, significance behind it that's different than what everyone else is, is doing? And I really think that leaning into like inwards into what you know is special about your brand, is special about yourself as a content creator is important because I also do see a lot of other, you know, individuals think that there's a certain, to some degree, there is a certain way technically to pitch, but it's not like I have to give them this, this, you know, this story. It doesn't have, it has to look like, this other content creator story, like it should not be like that. I think also a second um, thing would be knowing who you're pitching to um, and, and really making sure that the, the list that you're building, whether again, it's a list of brands you want to work with or partner with, or a list of platforms that you want to like to get featured on, that it's really in alignment with what your values are and the type of material and content that you put out there. Because every platform, every brand, has an end goal, they have their own agenda, and it, it's really important to make sure that there's a seamless integration into like who you are and what your brand values are and what you're pitching to the brand that you're pitching to. Yeah, I love that. Um, so good. And I think that it, it's 
it sounds simple, but I feel like that is the one, it's like the most important piece and it's the piece that is most consistently overlooked. Yep. I, I and, definitely, we even get pictures too. And it, sometimes it's like, it just, it, there's, it doesn't, you can tell that someone hasn't looked or really looked at our platform or really looked at our brand and they've just looked at the numbers. So I think it's like, it's really, really important to hone in on that. Yeah. And taking the time. And that's, again, it's like, you know, people don't want to take the time and it, it doesn't have to be hard, but you know, anything that you want to excel at or do really well at is going to take time. It just is. And so I think that that's, again, where you were talking about the pausing piece and the mindset piece and giving your, giving yourself that, that time and space for that clarity to come in, I think is, is important. Um, and I want to dive into a little bit about how, you know, it's, it's been a really crazy 2020 and there has been a lot of, you know, ways in which people online have had to change direction and pivot and, uh, receive, um, things just differently in, in terms of their content, in terms of how they connect with their audience, in terms of the brands or the media outlets that they choose to align with. What have you seen, um, to be the biggest changes on your end and, and kind of where do you see that going as we move forward? Yeah, I think that on my end, it's just like, I think we've seen such a shift in brand values and and what platforms are interested in, especially because we're in the middle of a pandemic, like a revolution and uh, a crazy time in politics. So it's very, you know, I won't lie, it's very hard, I think, to find um a sweet spot because there's so much going on that's that's taking up so much you know of the attention of brands and platforms i think you know what i've seen really work well for people is to stop and to take those steps back to really see all right you know what is the conversation that's being had here um and how can we fit into that so seen a lot of brands change you know their day-to-day, what their, how their brand engages with, you know, customers, how it engages with um, audience members, because they've realized that there's a whole new um, just system that, that they now have to fall into. A lot of individuals who are doing in real life experiences or who, um, you know, were, were consistently you know, maybe pitching about a product that that's changed. I, I've also seen a lot of brands kind of very much lead with their um, with a social good why, and I've seen that have a really good ROI for them, um, and kind of changing the narratives that they've had around their products, around their experiences, and so I've, that's been really interesting to witness. Yeah, and i i find I find that as well, kind of on my end of of what I've seen in just terms of. Um, I think that the expectation for how people show up and how brands show up, just that bar has been raised to a whole new level. And it's kind of like, um, amateur hour is over, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's, it's also caused a shift in, in brand deals and where brands decide to put their money and with whom they put their money with and, um, you know, how they diversify their budgets. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, I've seen people get more longer term opportunities based off of, you know, what it is. And I, and I think a lot of it too, that I've heard it's, and it kind of goes back to your initial piece at the beginning of this conversation about the content that brands don't just want, you know, 
a pretty face or someone with a large audience or even just someone with, you know, good engagement. They want someone who can really create and share a story and who can really bring them content that is going to take their message and their values to a whole nother level. And, um, and it's really great to see. I mean, it, it, it's, it's going to really allow the content creators that have honed in on who they are to really shine. And then the ones that maybe haven't, it's going to challenge them to do so. But I think that is really why getting, getting really clear on who you are and what your values is and, you know, what your mission manifesto may be and why, why do you pick up your phone to post something? Getting really clear on that, I think is, is, is more important now than ever. I I definitely agree. I think that, you know, we, we've, we've heard for such a long time, like be intentional, but now it's specifically, I think that moment where we're seeing that come to life. Why are you posting this piece of content? Why are you sharing this? You know, what, how does this tie back to the larger conversation and the larger message that you're trying to get across, um, as the content creator? So I think that, you know, and it's great because I think that now we're also starting to see some really interesting discussions happen and some really interesting takes on, um, just how individuals share content and what it's shared for. Um, so I'm, it's really exciting to watch and it's really exciting to see. And I think there's also, there's a great level of awareness, um, that I love seeing among content creators. And it's been really like interesting to see unfold. And Fatu, what would be your, I don't really, I don't know if hope is the right word, but what would be your pie in the sky? Like if you could think of one thing where you see everyone going and and if one good thing came out of this year Mm -hmm. with this industry and with content creators and with content, um, what would that be for you and where do you hope it goes? Of course, I think, I think a greater understanding um, for me, uh, I really, you know, I've, I've, I've really loved seeing, as mentioned, how content creators are starting conversations, not only with their audiences and not only with brands, but with each other. Um, and I think that that's been really powerful to see different types of content creators, like having discussions and really uh, just evaluating the space that we all occupy. So I think for me, you know, that the idea that we all come out of this year with more understanding um, of each other, but also just, you know, that intention piece about being more intentional about how we use our content and what we use it for. Um, because I love, I love that, like with this understanding and with this awakening I think a lot of people are starting to see just how powerful the content they create is and and realizing that you don't necessarily have to be in a certain industry to to get people to, to you know to 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 be actionable and to to have, have interest in things um that you know maybe you're just learning but I I think that that's been really beautiful and that's something that I hope that continues and that we all come out of this with like a deeper understanding um, of just how we create content and what we do with it and why we're doing it. Nice. I love that. Um, last question. What does influence mean to you? Ooh, such a good question. Um, I think influence for me, uh, influence inspires impact. Um, and that for me is like 
the big thing. I think that when we have influence and when we are, you know, quote, I'm going to put this in quotation, like influencers, I think we have a, a real opportunity to reach people and to, to expose people and give people access to, to just whatever we're talking about, whatever is our sweet spot for, um, for content. So for me, influence means having the ability to inspire impact. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and for creating your incredible content. I love to follow PR Girl Manifesto. There's so much valuable content on there. You definitely, you. you know what you're talking about. You're not only with your content, but just with your your visual branding, your cohesiveness, like you get it and you've nailed it and it's great. So thank you so much for being here and sharing it. And for anybody who has not checked it out, go to PR Girl Manifesto, follow them. You will love them. And then of course, if you have had any ahas or gleams from this episode and you want to share it with us, please make sure to tag me and PR Girl Manifesto because we want to know what your biggest takeaways were from today's episode. So thank you again, Fatou. Thank you for having me. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the influencer podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right. I will see you again. Same time, same place next week.